And I want to give a hand to Lloyd Marbet and the people of Oregon who did the impossible, and that was they shut down the Trojan reactor. Now, Lloyd mentioned that um, Navy nuclear submarines are very safe and so forth and so on. But the truth is, when they have problems, the Navy can throw them overboard. We can't. We cannot. And our nuclear reactors are much, much, much larger than the Navy ones. The reactors at Fukushima are the largest in the world. And six of them are in total meltdown. They have been melting down since 30 minutes after the tsunami because the cooling systems went off when the earthquake happened, and 90 minutes after the cooling stops, the reactors go into meltdown. This is all a cover-up. This is a false flag. This is more poisoning of the oceans and the atmosphere and the biosphere. No one can escape. Can you? Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, move it here. Okay. Okay. Thank you. This is a breast cancer map of the United States. And I've worked with Jeanette Sherman, Dr. Jeanette Sherman, and with Dr. Ernest Sternglass who helped to convince the Senate to sign the Partial Test Ban Treaty in 1963. Jeanette and Ernest and I, with another small group, Jay Gould and a few others, collected 6,000 baby teeth from children living around nuclear power plants in the United States. And I went to Japan and I collected baby teeth in Japan. The radiation levels in U.S. baby teeth, British baby teeth, and Japanese baby teeth are higher now than during atmospheric testing. The baby teeth form in the developing embryo and fetus in, in utero. And so it's like having a dosimeter, a, a radiation uh, measuring instrument, inside that unborn baby. And what happens in the uterus to the developing babies determines the health history for the rest of their lives. This is the Centers for Disease Control breast cancer map. All of this is public information, but just like in Japan where I collected the, where I bought the vital statistics of Japan, it's all of the health history and diseases reported back to 1898. In the United States, if they go back 20 years, we're lucky. And what they're doing is they're hiding the huge increase, the rise in chronic illnesses since 1945. We're just seeing a very small part of the increase in disease. Um, you can see Hanford, right here, has contaminated the whole entire Columbia River. 
These are where two-thirds of all breast cancer deaths occurred in the United States between 1985 and 1989. Explain what Hanford is. I don't think everyone knows. Hanford, how many Nagasaki bomb in 1945, and they used it to extract plutonium for the U.S. nuclear weapons program. And uh, the nuclear industry, all aspects of it, think that dilution is the solution to pollution, but it's not. And the great deception, which I will explain in detail later, is that the nuclear industry is not diluting the radiation, they're diluting the data. The radiation is the same. They're diluting the data, and I'll, I'll show you as we talk. You can see the um, huge uh, breast cancer rates over large areas in the Pacific, the Northeast, and in the South. Um, those are nuclear power plants. And just one or two can contaminate a whole state, like Florida. This is uh, the Idaho Nuclear Engineering Lab, where the plutonium isotope used for spacecraft, which is much hotter than the, the plutonium used for bombs, is uh, handled. And it crept up the Los Alamos Nuclear Weapons Lab here, it contaminated it so badly that they moved the spacecraft plutonium extraction and manufacturing developing part of it to Idaho. And it's contaminated the whole Snake River Aquifer. It's a huge aquifer. That water is millions of years old. And they just pump that radiation into the ground and say, well, it disappeared. This is where the San Onofre nuclear power plant is in Southern California. And it downwind from that nuclear power plant is one of the two largest dairy areas in California. Dairy products and drinking water are the two main pathways for radiation into the body. This is where Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant is in San Luis Obispo, north of Los Angeles. This is the San Francisco Bay Area, and you can see that the Livermore Nuclear Weapons Lab, the Lawrence Berkeley Lab, the UC Berkeley campus, the uh, secret Navy Radiation Research Lab at Hunters Point Naval Shipyard has contaminated that whole region. This is where the Humboldt reactor is in Northern California, and the Humboldt reactor was the first commercially operated GE reactor in the United States. And it had horrific emissions. It contaminated the woods, the trees, the children, the food, the drinking water, the whole environment. And it is now genetic in the population that lives there. 
the damage from that reactor. This is where, um, let's see, the, the Trojan reactor, I believe it's about right there. Is that right? No, lower. Lower? Yeah, I think, oh, no, you're right. It's, it's up, right. it's up here somewhere. Yeah, you're right. And the, uh, Trojan reactor, Hanford and Humboldt have had, uh, I'm going to show you the autism maps in the down, in the rainfall areas, uh, the rain shadow of autism, which is downwind and, and where, uh, the highest rainfall is in those three states. In the Columbia River, the radiation that has come out of Hanford, and there's enough plutonium pumped into the ground or leaked into the ground under Hanford to almost build three or four or five nuclear weapons. All that garbage and crap and radioactive trash is leaking into the Columbia River because Hanford is built on a basalt plateau. It's like Swiss cheese. So you pour water in and it disappears, which is exactly what they wanted to do, uh, because we have no nuclear waste repository in the United States. That was the WIP project, the Waste Isolation Pilot Project, in New Mexico, which I worked on as a geochemist at the Livermore Lab. And what happened is the Nuclear Regulatory Commission got chased out of all the states across the United States, and finally the only place that was left was New Mexico, and that's the uh, Los Alamos Lab. And the New Mexico legislature voted to allow the WIP project, uh, but only if the federal government would build a whole new infrastructure of freeways and highways across the whole state. As soon as that project was finished, the highways project, the legislature voted to uh, uh, against, they made a law that prohibited the transport of any nuclear waste across New Mexico highways and freeways. And so the only place that was left was the Nevada test site. And um, this is Nevada. The Nevada test site is down here somewhere. And um, I'm sure there's breast cancer there, but cancer isn't even reported in Nevada. And the highway patrolmen always determine the cause of death for anyone who dies in Nevada. So that's a big cover-up. How could you do 1,300 nuclear bomb tests and not have any breast cancer in a state? So, um, huh? Yeah, up above ground, but they're underground tests too. But the Shoshone Indian Nation is the most nuclear bomb nation in the world. And the Shoshones own the land where the Nevada test site is located. Um, let's see, what was I talking about? Um, oh, so here we have, up in the Columbia River, the chemical effects are being expressed 
of radiation, especially uranium, has estrogen and hormone disruptors. And what is happening in the human population as well as the animal population, whatever is happening in the animal population is happening in the human population too. And what happens with exposure of male fish to radiation water, contaminated water, is that the estrogen and hormone effects change the male fish once they hatch or they're born into female fish. So in the Columbia River, very early on, it was reported that in salmon populations, the female population was expanding, but the male population was shrinking. I made a graph of the uh, loss from the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, 1998-99 to 2010, they have been measuring uranium in the drinking water in Los Angeles. And what I discovered when I graphed it is that there are very elevated levels of uranium in the LA drinking water correlated with all the battles in Iraq and Afghanistan and Yugoslavia. And what's happening in the schools in Los Angeles is that the, the little boys are disappearing. The classrooms are full of more and more girls and fewer and fewer boys. And Jesse Ventura flew me to Minnesota in November for an interview on Great Lakes water and how the water's being polluted and stolen. And when, and when I said that on camera, one of the cameramen, as soon as the camera stopped rolling, he came running over to me and he said, I live in L.A., and all my friends and I have daughters, we have girls, and there are hardly any boys in the classrooms. Is that why? And I said, yeah. And a few weeks later, Jesse Ventura met Alex Jones for a meeting. Alex Jones is an official advisor. And Jesse is absolutely huge. I look like a flea next to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he came bounding across <laughs> the parking lot and grabbed Alex Jones by the shoulders and started shaking him and saying, now they're putting depleted uranium in the water. <laughs> so I guess Jesse got my message. <laughs> so, the other thing that's happening. Yes. By the wind. Mm -hmm. The air currents. And what the problem is that nuclear power plants um, depleted uranium and now Fukushima. It's floating up from the ground into the troposphere uh, at very low altitudes, and that's the most turbulent and dynamic part of the atmosphere. It's where all the hurricanes and storms and rain and snow occur. And rain, moisture, I'm sorry, nuclear particles are collectors or, or um, nucleating agents for moisture in air mo movements. So the water collects on the ionizing radiation particle until it's heavy enough to fall out like a raindrop. And because snow 
has sharp, snowflakes have sharp edges and sharp tips and everything. They are highly charged along those edges and on the tips. And so 95% of the radioactive particles in the air when it's snowing are collected on the snowflakes. So in mountain areas where our water supplies come from is where the highest rain out and snow out of radiation occurs. So it can be ra radioactive up by Sacramento, um, up in the mountains. The, uh, there was a, an operating nuclear reactor in, in Sacramento, and 95% of the emissions ended up in the Sierras, which supplies all the drinking water for the Bay Area, and it also go down, goes down to Los Angeles, and it's used for irrigating our food and for dairies and... So you see, uh, radiation can end up anywhere, but inevitably it ends up in our bodies. So in the Columbia River also, there are freshwater otters. And freshwater otters have a baculum or a penis bone to help them reproduce. And in the um, Columbia River, the freshwater otters, the baculum, is getting smaller and smaller, and the estrogen and hormone effects are causing male otters to forget how to breed. This is happening in alligators in Florida in the swamps also. And it's also causing hermaphrodites in the animal populations and in human populations. So we have increasing numbers of babies born who have sexual organs of both male and female. And in the Arctic, where the Russians did bomb tests, there are female polar bears with cubs, and the female polar bears have female genitals, but they also have male genitals. In a woman uh, runner, a black woman from Africa, South Africa, she was running and winning all her races. She was 18 years old, and she was going to the Olympics. And people said, wait a minute, maybe she's a man. She can't win all those races and be a woman. Let's test her. So they tested her urine for testosterone. She had elevated testosterone, but it was not out of the range for females. So they said, well, then let's, let's examine her internally. And so when they examined her internally, she had no uterus and no ovaries. She had testes, but she had a vagina. And externally, she looked like a female. Now, what happens is in the developing embryo, there are two cells. And if that embryo is a female, those develop into ovaries. If that is a male, those two cells develop into testes. So all you need is a couple of wild electrons from one radioactive particle, and you start changing and switching and confusing and disturbing the information flow. Yes. So now I'm going to talk about 
diseases related to radiation exposure. And what happened is, I, I'm a geoscientist, and I understand earth processes and circulation and cycles and so forth. And nowhere in the United States officially do they ever link disease to the environment because that would endanger the nuclear weapons program. And I went to Japan and I got the vital statistics of Japan. Now in every country, the vital statistics are collected but they're just piles of numbers which who would ever understand unless you're an epidemiologist or you get lucky and somebody shows you how to do it, they, they, um, they never graph them. So I got the death from diabetes uh, in Japan, this is for all ages and all sexes, and you can see that diabetes was very rare before 1950. Now, before insulin was introduced, uh, children who got diabetes simply died by the time they were seven or eight years old. Um, and so diabetes has always been very, very, very rare. However, when nuclear bomb tests started, and this is the nuclear bomb test period, 63 is when it ended, and you can see the lasting effects until the mid-1970s. And that's when uh, nuclear power plants were introduced and the nuclear power plant emissions replace the nuclear bomb test emissions. So this is a period of the nuclear power plants. And then in 1990, the United States introduced depleted uranium weapons to the battlefield for the first time. Henry Kissinger gave them to the Israelis to use in the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And that completely contaminated the Golan Heights. Now, there were a lot of American citizens who were living on kibbutzes in uh, Israel, in the Golan Heights. And some of them live in Berkeley now. We have a, a Berkeley population that is 35% Jewish. And when they heard me talking on KPFA and other stations about this, they called me up and they said, some of them said, all the women in my family have breast cancer. Is it because of the depleted uranium in the Golan Heights in 1973? And I said, yes, it is. This is the no-fly zone. That is the increase in diabetes in Japan. And this profile, by the way, is global. It represents the global effects of depleted uranium. And this is 1990 to the year 2000. That was Clinton, and um, it was mostly Clinton, but it was George Herbert Walker, Herbert Walker Bush also. And George Herbert Walker Bush, who started the Carlyle Group, uh, had a very great vested interest in depleted uranium because the Carlyle Group made their first really big money off of depleted uranium weapons. Okay, just a minute. Let me make this smaller. Yeah. Uh, yeah, deaths per 100,000. 
And if you, I broke this down by age group too. And what you see is that uh, after the 50-year-olds, the, for 40 and 50 and younger, the um, diabetes rates are very low because people have very healthy immune systems. But for the older people, as you go 10 years older, 10 years older, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the effects of diabetes death increase more and more with each 10 years. And that's because people have damaged immune systems, they have other disease uh, problems, and they're weaker. So depleted uranium is actually a depopulation agent, especially for the unborn and the young and the elderly. So with the depleted uranium weapons, the effect of global pollution is depopulation of the youngest and the oldest in populations. It's a great killer, believe me. Yeah. So then I said, wait a minute, I want to know more about diabetes. And it just so happened that the New York Times published a 10-page, 10-full-page article on diabetes. The nuclear weapons program in the United States cost about two to three billion dollars in today's money. That's the Manhattan Project and the nu nuclear weapons program. The cost of diabetes to the U.S. government in 2010 was 350 billion dollars and it's going up every year. And guess who the decision makers are? who decide what weapons they'll use, well, it's the politicians. And guess who owns the pharmaceutical companies? It's Cheney and Bush and Rumsfeld and people like that. So they're making the decision to use genocidal weapons and profiting. And then they're making us sick if we, if we live. And they make more profits on the pharmaceuticals, which they're selling to us. Disaster capitalism. Are you going to talk about the, how the depleted uranium contaminated the Middle East? The Middle East? Yes. Um, like Iraq and, and I can talk a little bit about it, um, but to, um, in, the, to in our two wars. You know, yes, I will. I will. I'll, I'll mention it, but I can give a whole talk if yeah. you want a really big enchilada. <laughs> so what we have here is this is the global contamination of bomb testing material. And you can see that in the northern hemisphere, it's in the same latitude as the nuclear bomb tests. And the highest rates of diabetes in the southern hemisphere are in the, it's in the latitude where the British and the French did bomb testing. And you can even see the dilution effect that rain out over the Atlantic has by the time it reaches the tip of Africa. It's much less. And look at Africa. That has the lowest diabetes rates in the world. How come black Americans, African Americans, have the highest diabetes in the United States? 
and this proves it. This is um, this is um, Harlem up on the top, and Queens and the Bronx, and all those areas of New York City are drinking the same drinking water, but something is affecting the poor communities. And what we found out from Baby Teeth and the state milk boards after Chernobyl is that the state milk boards are shipping the most contaminated milk and dairy products from reactors around dairies, I'm sorry, from dairies near nuclear reactors. And the government is shipping all that contaminated milk into inner city black communities and it goes into the mom and pop grocery stores. Yes. Those are chemicals. Those are chemicals. And that's the cover story. Because ionizing radiation is 10 to 100 million times more damaging to, uh, to developing embryos than the strongest chemical. There are cofactors and there are synergistic effects where the chemicals and the radiation together multiply the effects of each other. For instance, Navajo uranium miners who did not smoke had lower lung cancer rates than uranium miners, Navajo uranium miners who smoked. Because you know what the tobacco is full of? It's full of chemicals. And radon. Commercial cigarettes. Well, polonium, uranium, because phosphate fertilizers are loaded with uranium. Uranium, phosphate is mined to extract uranium. And they only get 15% of the uranium out of the phosphate. 85% goes in the fertilizer bag. And we have planes flying all over Europe and all over the United States and Canada spraying uranium-contaminated phosphate fertilizers all over all our crops, our farmland, contaminating our, uh, the runoff and the drinking water, and the animals are all eating it too. So uranium is absolutely everywhere. What? And chemtrails. The, the chemtrails, I'll, I'll talk about them in a minute. Um, they have chemicals, but they also have ionizing radioactive materials in them. But those are part of the HARP system, which is a global weapon of mass destruction, which was developed, co-developed by the Soviet Union and the Livermore and Los Alamos labs. And that was developed to weaponize nature and to use the energies released from natural events as weapons of war, weapons of mass destruction. And the Fukushima earthquake was triggered by HARP at Gakona, Alaska by the U.S. Navy. I'm sorry, you can't take a nap while I'm talking. <laughs> No, that was a big whopper. <laughs> the earthquake at Fukushima was triggered 
by the HARP weapon of mass destruction system. It's a huge antenna array that, uh, it, that operates at over a billion megawatts, and it's transmitted through the sky and bounced off of the chemtrails, which are electromagnetic mirrors in the sky. So they can transmit it from Alaska all the way around the world by just bouncing it off those mirrors. Oh, well, um, uh, let me finish this, and, and then we'll talk about HARP. So here is the diabetes rates in the United States, the highest ones. The lowest area is in the Rockies. And the highest rates of diabetes are along the Gulf Coast states because the uranium from the wars here is picked up and included in hurricanes. All hurricanes in the Atlantic originate in, Af in the Sahara Desert in Africa where you have very hot days and very cold nights. And those extreme ten temperatures cause very, very powerful mixing of hot and cold air. And that that incorporates the uranium dust and carries it right across the Atlantic into the Gulf region, and then it gets rained out here. And that's why we have the highest diabetes rates there, as well as in Puerto Rico, because the United States and British governments carried out depleted uranium bombing of Vieques Island in Puerto Rico uh, since, since 1947. And depleted uranium, by the way, was proposed for development as a radioactive poison gas weapon in, under the Manhattan Project in 1943. They didn't know if the nuclear bombs would work, but they said, we can make a radioactive poison gas that will contaminate all of the terrain. It will kill our soldiers if they're contaminated, as well as enemy soldiers. It's a permanent terrain contaminant because the half-life of your depleted uranium is 4.5 billion years, the age of the Earth, and it takes 10 half-lives for a small amount of radiation to diminish to an insignificant amount. But 45 billion years from now, there will still be a lot of uranium in the, in the Earth. However, the whole universe is only 16 billion years, so I don't know how we're going to wait that long. Are they still testing with depleted uranium off the coast of uh, the Northwest here? I under, you know when, yes, um, Congressman McDermott, uh, Jim McDermott, I worked a lot with him. He's a congressman from the Seattle area of Washington, D.C., and he's a medical doctor. And um, I had a lot of communications with him because the Navy is shipping out depleted uranium weapons to all of the theaters of war from Washington State, from Seattle. And the Navy ships all of the ammunition to the Coast Guard. They accidentally shipped depleted uranium bullets to the Coast Guard in Washington State. And the Coast Guard opened the crates and said, we don't want this stuff. And they went to McDermott. He started an investigation, the citizens helped, and he was able to absolutely stop depleted uranium use by the Navy in um, Washington State coastal waters. So all they did was just sail up the coast to Vancouver 
and British Columbia, and they're using it there all over the place. Does anyone have any questions about this map? This is how mapping disease links disease to the environment and the cause of the disease. So yeah. You say that uh, Hanford uh, Reservation is leaking the stuff to the Columbia River. Why? They're dumping it. Huh? They're yeah. dumping it. So why, the, why the diabetes rate in Oregon are not high? Huh? Why the diabetes rates in Oregon are not that high? Oh, because... Because they're getting more radiation in the south, in the southern states. The, the, um, but look at North America compared to all other countries in the world. The whole country is nuked, and Fukushima just nuked it again, 10 times worse than Chernobyl. And when you see what we look like 20 years from now, it's going to be horrifying. What? Well, the whole west coast of North America is completely contaminated with radiation now. You too. Come here. I've got my Geiger counter. Stick your tongue out. <laughs> so, 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 yes, I have a question. So there is a contamination in the radioactive contamination in the water. How can I determine it? How can they determine it? How can I determine it? You? Yeah. Oh, I you have to. No, you have to have a laboratory to do that. You need a mass spectrometer. You need very sophisticated and very expensive equipment to... Uh, measure radiation in water. You can use a Geiger counter. I have a Geiger counter uh, which, which detects disintegrating atoms, decaying atoms, but it doesn't tell you what volume of air so you don't know the concentration and it doesn't identify the isotopes. You need mass spectrometers or other uh, scintillation counters or other very, very expensive earthquake um, equipment to do that. And the EPA, by the way, and the Canadian government said there's no danger to radiation. No, the Fukushima, uh, it's just tiny amounts. And um, 24 of the 124 monitoring stations that the EPA operates were broken, they said. But I talk to European scientists almost every day, and they sent me the German and the Norwegian data, and they measured it and reported it accurately because they are set up to monitor for atmospheric and underground nuclear weapons tests. It's part of the Nonproliferation Treaty um, surveillance. So they can practically measure every single atom. And they reported it by altitude, up to 10 kilometers. And they reported, uh, well, they had maps, animated maps, three days at a time, where you could watch the plumes actually moving and where they were coming. And we really got hammered, hammered, hammered in Seattle and the coast of California. 
but it also contaminated Mexico. And then they did weather, weather modification. Most of it came across the United States from west to east, and there was a high-pressure area that they created with HARP over eastern Canada, and it included Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. So those were protected areas. Now, I think Obama should have taken all of us with him, but he took his wife and two children to the southern hemisphere for three weeks while we got nuked. And the public health departments in Sonoma County and Santa Clara County and every other county in California issued a letter to all medical doctors in each county on March the 17th, the day before the radiation arrived from the first explosion at Fukushima. And they said to all the medical doctors, do not give iodine tablets to patients who are concerned about exposure to radiation. They stopped measuring radiation in milk. They measured radiation in milk all through Chernobyl and for a year afterwards. So if you don't think by now that this government is not deliberately genociding the American people, then I have more evidence. For the skeptics. Now I'm going to show you autism. You think it's mercury in vaccines, huh? This is Washington State. This is where uh, the highest precipitation is, rainfall and snow in Washington State. And this is where the this is where the highest autism rates are in Washington State. This is probably caused by the um, Idaho Nuclear Engineering Lab. Hanford is like over here somewhere. But, um, but this is um, probably related to radiation from the Idaho facility. Oh, and, and what I wanted to say, huh? What I wanted to say, just a second, is that the radiation comes down the Columbia River and then the winds and the coastal currents carry it all the way up here into, uh, all the way up to Alaska. So the Hanford radiation is also going north from the Columbia River as well as south. Did you have a question? Yeah, so why are the counties in between all that? Huh? Why are the counties in between all affected? Why did they do what? Why are the counties in between all that affected? The I don't know. The other areas, right. The other, the other counties in between. Why are they not affected? Uh, to the east? Right. Because they're not, in the rain, they're not getting the rain and snow. Um, geography and weather are what determine where radiation ends up. You have the Cascade Mountains here. And so this is desert and rain, sh that's out of the, um, the rainfall area. It's in the shat rain shadow, it's called, where the precipitation is very low. 
it, it takes a while to understand the patterns and it takes a while to understand radiation. It's a very complex subject. And there are many, many cofactors and, and uh, other things to consider. This is Oregon. So this is where the highest precipitation is in Oregon, but this is where the highest autism is in Oregon. So this is part of that contamination in the corner of Washington, and it's got to be part of the Idaho Nuclear Engineering Lab. And this is downwind, and uh, where uh, it's downwind where there is more, more precipitation, but this goes down into California, and this is the effect of the Humboldt reactor, which the radiation has carried up the coastline there into Oregon. This is California. And what we have here is the highest precipitation. Oops, highest precipitation. Southern California is fairly dry. Uh, but the Trojan react, I'm sorry, the uh, Humboldt reactor is up here. And then there are delta and swampy areas where the Sierra Nevada mountains have a lot of runoff. And uh, the clay particles in bodies of water are flat, platy, highly charged particles, very tiny. And actually it's what they put in women's cosmetics in foundation. It has clay in it to lay flat on the skin and to make a more even color. In water, clay particles are also highly charged like snowflakes and the radioactive, the clay acts as scavenging agents to collect the radioactive particles in the water. And that's why the highest cancer rates are along shorelines of rivers, coastlines, especially the mudflats, and around lake margins. So the, um, the particles wash up on the coastline. For instance, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I wanted to know why uh, Marin County on the San Francisco Bay side has the highest, beta, uh, the highest breast rate uh, rates in the whole United States. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered in a great journal, you can read the abstracts online. It's called the Journal of Environmental Radioactivity. And it's behind the fence locked up at the nuke labs in the uh, libraries. But you can read the abstracts on the internet. And I learned a lot. For instance, uh, phosphate is mined for uranium. It's mined for fertilizer. But they also make dental porcelain out of it. And to make false teeth whiter, they add uranium to it. And a scientist in Italy studied uh, cancers. She was studying uh, materials for prostheses. And so she started studying cancer in people who were using, uh, they had false teeth or they had uh, porcelain teeth. And what she discovered is higher rates of cancer of the mucosa, the lining of the mouth, but in, in people who had this dental porcelain powder in their teeth, 
uh, she discovered that every cancer they had in their bodies had a piece of dental porcelain detritus in the center of the cancer. How do you explain the autism rates in Southern California? No precipitation. Oh, this is, um, this is Diablo Canyon and San Onofre. And so uh, the biggest dairy areas in California are down, the wind is blowing this way. Huge ocean winds blowing this way. But don't you need the, the rain precipitation, according to your theory, to deposit? Well, the wind has a lot of fog and moisture in it. And so even though it's light moisture, it still ends up in the environment. And um, so anyway, the Imperial Valley dairies are here. And in Fresno, the, Diablo, the, um, the largest dairies in California are located there. So what they're doing is contaminating all of the dairy products for Southern California. And so what I tell people is when you are shopping for dairy products in Northern California, buy the Strauss dairy products, which are out by uh, the Marin headlands where there are no radioactive sources except what's coming across the Pacific Ocean. Now, uh-oh. Oh. Okay, now. This is the fallout map for the United States. This is where 1,300 nuclear bomb tests ended in the United States. And this caused a 12% decline in the SAT scores by 1963, for children born in 1963. So what we're doing is killing the creativity, the productivity, the ideas that make a culture vibrant and strong and powerful and productive. And now we've just done it again. We just keep killing our children Why? and killing our future. So I, I hope you're going to address, you know, a lot of allegations that you've made about sickness and you can associate that maybe with profit, but now, you know, like killing this whole problem. Why? It's for profits. Weapons of mass destruction. I studied ionizing radiation for eight years with Marion Falk, who made the hydrogen bomb work for the United States and Dr. Ernest Sternglass and Dr. Jeanette Sherman. And one day, I can't understand. I worked in two nuclear weapons labs. And I said, why in the world is the University of California the only, they, the, they've had the management contract for the nuclear weapons lab since the 1940s, since the Manhattan Project. Why is a university creating weapons of mass destruction? So I sat down at my computer and I Googled University of California plus Skull and Bones. There you go. <laughs> and Skull and Bones are Yale men like Carrie, like the Bushes, like uh, 
Many secretaries of war, all the secretaries of war, almost of the United States, were skull and bones. It's a secret society of the ruling elite in this country, and 85% of the key government positions in the U.S. government are held by skull and bones men. That's who's doing it. So, so I, I, I kind, I kind of get it, but I still like. What would, what, where's the profit in killing the creativity of our youth? Now, I was a teacher, and I watched. A lot of it is for land grabs. Eighty percent, seventy-five or eighty percent of the energy resources in the United States, those that's coal, oil, gas, minerals, are on Native American land. And so they are using radiation and nuclear technologies to depopulate the Indian reservations. And I went to the Indian reservations and I said, who gave you the money for these casinos? Who loaned you the money for these casinos? Because gambling in casinos are a poison smallpox blanket on the Indian reservations. It's completely destroying their culture, their viability, and what's happening is a small group of more conniving Indians, and there are a lot of white people involved, are delisting all the Indians with families and kicking them off the reservations. And that small group of Indians are building mansions, and they're taking all the money from the reservations. Yes? Well, I have a really good answer for that. Let's compare President Kennedy to President George Herbert Walker Bush. And President Kennedy knew that radioactive fallout from bomb testing was killing American babies and children. He wanted desperately to stop the nuclear bomb tests. American grandmothers surrounded the White House with baby buggies. And that was a huge, huge, had a huge impact. But it was Kennedy who asked Dr. Ernest Sternglass to testify in Congress and help convince the Senate to ratify the partial test ban treaty, which they did. That ended atmospheric testing. But in that year, 1963, the nuclearizers at the Nevada test site who love bombs, they detonated 250 nuclear bombs in one year. That's almost one a day. And it takes two years to set up one nuclear bomb test. And if you looked at the huge amount of radiation released that year into the atmosphere, and you look at the diabetes rates after 1963, you can see the long-term effects of all that radiation. Uh, just a minute. So what was, I forgot your question. Do they really think they're... Oh, okay. So Kennedy stopped it. George Herbert Walker Bush had, and Barbara Bush had six children. All of them have learning disabilities from nuclear bomb test exposure. 
It's not funny. They really are mentally ill. They're mentally damaged. All of them, all six children. And they had one toddler daughter named Robin who got leukemia. George and Barbara Bush took her to Walter Reed. And the day she died in that hospital room, they got up, they walked out.